A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. You're listening to the Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. This is Paul Hawksby. And Andy Jacobs. And this is the H&J Daily with some of the best bits of this afternoon's show where we had a good look back on the Premier League weekend. No stone was left unturned. Stone? Because <laughs> um, uh, Tom Rennie joined us to uh, look back on all the games. A man of strident opinion. We call him Hurricane Rennie for Hurricane a Rennie. Um, we spoke to uh, Richard Gottfried, who has spent £50,000 of his hard-earned money uh, travelling the world playing crazy golf. He'll, he tells us about some of his favourites. Yep. And now he got into that. Um, we had the clips of the month, yeah. didn't we? You voted for your favourites. And we had a bit of a chat. I had a bit of a rant. Of course he did. Here it all is. <laughs> Good afternoon, everyone. Good afternoon, Andy. Yes, good afternoon, Paul. And uh, I just can't wait for this season to end. <laughs> Honestly, I think the Chelsea players feel the same. Yeah. It was so bad on Saturday. That was just that well, was almost the worst. I, I was out and about Saturday afternoon and uh, I, I popped into M&S, mm. you know, to buy a few provisions, as you do. And uh, I'd left uh, Alex Crook saying, second goal for Chelsea. Absolutely coasting now. And I thought, well, they've got the job done. Andy will be in a good mood. Come out of uh, M&S, 10 minutes later, Alex Crook saying... 2-2 is the final. Couldn't believe it. It was pathetic. Couldn't believe it. And it's it. entirely down to Tuchel. Nobody else. Terrible, ter- terrible, 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 terrible Tuchel. performance. Terrible substitutions. I mean, he talks about, at the end of the game, he says, well, you know, we were too offensive. We were too attacking. You know, we didn't sort of protect the Well, then why make, change a forward for a forward? Yeah. Why did you bring Havertz on, who lost the ball and then they broke away and scored? Right. Why didn't you bring Chalabar on, you know, and send a message out to the team that you've actually got to be more solid? Wow. I thought he got it completely right. I thought his selection... Well, you're saying give it Emma Hayes to the end of the season? I am. I, susp- <laughs> I wouldn't get rid of him. I'd suspend him for two weeks. Because I think, basically... <clears throat> that you know, always Look, it's well, well. publicised that, you know, his wife and him have separated. And, uh, you know, and it's difficult for anybody to go through that. Yeah. And I think, you know, you have to presume that somehow it's affecting him because he's just not making... The- he's not showing the same enthusiasm. He's not making the right decisions. I just think, you know, I just thought... There's been it was a lot going poor. on at the club. And he's, you know, he's, he's, yeah, he's, no, fr- he's front of the house for everything that's been It hasn't affected the women's on. team, has it? They're, no. They're, they've also had uncertainty. You know, it's it's mm. no excuse. It's not good enough, you know, and it's just... <clears throat> it's just... It makes it difficult for yeah. Chelsea. They've really got to... You can't see... I know Leeds are terrible, but you can't see them... It's like the Everton game. Everton were terrible going into that game, and you just think Ch- Chelsea are charity FC at the moment. You know, they really are. So. And you've got a bit of history with Leeds, and you're going back to 1970. 
and, and they've got to be thinking about the final on Saturday. So, you know, I, I wouldn't imagine they're going to get much out of that game. And they need two wins from from their last two games. Yeah. And I think it's going to be difficult. you got Arsenal and potentially Tottenham breathing down your neck. Certainly Arsenal. Mm. Only a... a draw. If, if the Spurs and Arsenal draw, they can both definitely qualify for the top four. Well, I, I don't think Tottenham want to be risking that. They need to win. They need to win. Yeah. But if Tottenham, if, if Tottenham win, then the only result that really suits Chelsea is, is Arsenal winning. That's it. Yeah. But if Spurs win and Arsenal still can win their last two games and finish higher than Chelsea, and so can Spurs. And look, they won't deserve it. You, you finish where you deserve. Sure. So if they finish fifth, that's what they deserve. But the home form, they've taken 29 out of 51 points. They've dropped 22 points at home. It's pathetic, yeah. you know, and it's so miserable going there. Except for my grandson. I mean, I'm sure there's a lot of fans at the other end of the table saying, "Well, you say miserable, it's all relative, really." It's no, probably quite miserable it's, going it's to. It's about expectation, and, and then what happens? Yes. So the expectation once they've beaten Juventus four 0 and everyone was talking about this is the best side in Europe. Yeah. The expectation was they were going to challenge the two top teams in this country. The, the reality of it is they'll be lucky to finish in the top four. And so that is a disappointment. Now, not as bad as United, who are absolutely pitiful. There's mm. no question about that. But again, that's, you know, Brighton did to United what Chelsea should have done to them. And had yeah. the opportunity to do to them, but didn't do it. And that's been the story. Of things. But I say my grandson, he, he doesn't feel about it as, I, as the way I do, because he's been he, he's been to the last two games. He went yeah. on Saturday. How old is he, Andy? He's five. Okay, yeah. But, but he's lot, properly into it, isn't he? Yeah, a lot of five-year-olds, you know, haven't got that sort of a commitment to it, but he's fully committed to the whole 90 minutes. To the project. <laughs> he's incredible. Yeah. But so I was sitting somewhere else because he took my seat and uh, with his father, mm. my son. And so, I bet he learned some new swear words up well, there, didn't no, he? I probably did. But the <laughs> thing is, my son says it's very enjoyable watching the game with him because he doesn't get angst he can't get too upset yeah. so he just has to sort of stay level headed so anyway i sent him a, a message at the end of the game saying uh raffi must have enjoyed those two strikes from lukaku so right in front of him yeah he said oh yeah he loved them he said but he was pretty pleased with the wolves equalizer as well to be fair <laughs> so he saw it go in and he, he just thinks when a goal goes in you celebrate it <laughs> yeah, which you do excited. at five don't you you I just think, think so. well if it's gone in the net i'm up in the air so how did that play he didn't get any stick did he <laughs> no of course not <laughs> You never He's, know, do you? Yeah. He says, it was my son says, it's very relaxing <clears throat> watching with him. I said, yes, a touch less annoying than my constant stream of pessimism. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, inappropriate celebrating. We'd like some stories of that, possibly this afternoon. When you're five years old, you don't know. You don't. I know. think we may have played a part in um, Wolves' comeback. Do you hear what Connor Cody said? Because mm. I was telling you yeah. last week, and you kept saying, oh, it won't be easy against Wolves. And I said, did you see Wolves last week? And they stunk the place out. Yeah. But Connor Cody was saying, I've been listening to yeah, Talks all this. Sweet. Every team that plays Chelsea. And I'm so glad when this year's Champions League will be over because Cody said, Oh, it was great to get back from the 2 0 down against the European champions. Stop saying that. They're not the European champions. They're useless. The X. The, the X. X champions. But maybe here on Talksport we wound up Wolves to such yeah, an yeah. extent. Who I knows? mean, you know, you'd imagine that Leeds w- wouldn't get anything out of that game. But it'll be like Everton. They'll just, you know, they'll play out of their skins. The crowd will be hysterical they're really into it right. Chelsea will be thinking about the final <clears throat> I can't see them getting anything out of that game so let's have some tales of uh, inappropriate uh, celebrations this afternoon talksport.com forward slash HNJ text to 81089 or tweet to TSHNJ always go back to a, um, a PA announcer they had at QPR at one point during the Jerry Francis years mm. And I don't think she quite got uh, a, oh, yeah. Do you remember that? Yeah. <clears throat> a handle on the etiquette, the way it works, <laughs> yeah, because yeah. they were playing Newcastle, and Newcastle were in their pomp at that <laughs> time. Right. 
and uh, a goal went in yeah. and over the PA at Loftus Road yeah. she says third goal and a hat trick for Andy Cole for Newcastle. <laughs> and they're all going mad. I know, they would do. Sometimes, yeah, you just get, you just don't <laughs> quite judge the mood. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. This Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation. Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 40% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. Before we get underway, Adrian Darren's been in touch here. He's uh, with you a little bit later on, of course. Uh, on um, No, he's not on drive today, is he? He'll be back soon, I think. He's having uh, a bit of a break yeah, after yeah. his road trip. I think it's Andy and Darren Ambrose this yeah. afternoon. But anyway, Adrian's been in touch. In- inappropriate celebrations. Hosting Game Day Live from the press box at Anfield a few years ago. My producer, Clint, was telling me to go to a reporter at another game. But I chose to keep on talking and stay at Anfield because I could see a move unfolding on the pitch in front of me and the potential for a Liverpool goal. So I made the call, much to Clint's annoyance. He's a Spurs fan. So he's easily annoyed. Yeah, I'm with you on that one. And sure enough, <laughs> Liverpool, <laughs> Liverpool scored. At which point, I punched the air celebrating my like decision. Mike D. Yeah, like, like, a, like a referee does when there's a goal and you've played advantage. Several people spotted me and asked me about it afterwards. I was forced to deny I'm a Liverpool fan. Aren't, aren't we you all are Liverpool the, fans? We are. All of us are Liverpool fans in the media. We're all Liverpool I fans. Uh, but anyway, Clint was happy enough once I'd explained it. And he's at Sheffield Wednesday tonight. That's why. Thank you, AJ. Mm. Seven o'clock, your host for that big game, Wednesday's uh, versus Sunderland at Hillsborough, and we'll be chatting to um, Paul Carrick about that later. Mm. But Tom Rennie's with us, uh, broadcaster, journalist, um, and uh, we're going to look back over the Premier League weekend, as we often do with Tom. Good afternoon, Tom. Yeah, that's happened to me as well. What happened to Adrian as well? I was doing West Ham Arsenal a few years ago, and uh, Jack Collison scored the first goal for us, and I was doing the the play-by-play commentary, and I went far too far Mm. for the Collison goal, because I'm so excited. We're wondering, what, Jack Collison! Jack Collison for West Ham! Uh, We lost (laughs) 5-1 in the end, and when they scored the fifth with Giroud, I think it was, it was like Olivier Giroud, (laughs) 5-1. Now, it struck me me as a sort of general talking point, fellas. Only Mm. one team seemed to have a bit of a hangover from Europe midweek, and that was Liverpool, and they won. Mm. Um, And you could argue Leicester to an 
an extent. We've got a few injury issues as well. But uh, a strange weekend. Mm. Um, and yesterday, as Andy was saying earlier, I'm very much shaped. Mm. Uh, yesterday at, at the Etihad, very much shaped by what happened at Anfield on Saturday evening, wasn't it? It would have been a very potentially Made it psychologically different game. Easy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think it was going to be relatively easy anyway against Newcastle <coughs> at home. We all pretty much predicted 4 0, 5 0, 6 0, 7 0, didn't we, for Man City? Really? I think so. I mean, Newcastle have been fantastic in some of their home games, but the job is well done. The job is well done. A lot of those players will know they've got to try and find a new club in the summer. And Manchester City, despite the, the incredible disappointment of the Real Madrid game, they can still rotate heavily. They can still bring on people like Sterling, who played, what, 60 minutes, 50 minutes the other night. No, he was extra time, wasn't he? So he played like 20 minutes on, mm. on, mm. on the game midweek. So their, their rotation is massive. They were always going to thrash them. And look... I'm not sure they're that concerned about what's happening with Liverpool. I think Man City have got such favourable fixtures and such deep squad rotation. Don't talk to me about injuries for a couple of players, Man City. You know, it's like it's like you moaning about Chelsea being miserable for a couple of weeks, you know. <laughs> Welcome to the real world, everybody. That's the way it goes, isn't it? You know, so they were always going to beat them. Look, there were some great performances there. They can even bring on, you know, Jack Grealish's move to Man City is completely irrelevant in the context of this season, but they can play him in that game yesterday and he can play reasonably well and they can win 5-0. Two weeks' time, none of us will remember it. I'm not sure I fully remember it all now. Do you, do you think mm. then, I mean, do you, you think with the games, they've got to go to West Ham. West Ham away is the, the toughest fixture yeah. they have left. Look, I think the Wolves away game is, is relatively tough as well because Wolves fight for every point. But if mm. you score the first goal against Wolves, you normally win the game. Again, apologies. Um, you usually win the game <laughs> from that point. Yeah. Um, but that's that's what Wolves do. They've been a nightmare to watch this season. But great team spirit, great organisation, yeah, great defence. I was making this point with some fans around me on Saturday mm. about Wolves being really tedious to watch they said well they've got good players and they've got this one and that one I said yeah they've got great players but they are tedious to watch the manager is Sam Allardyce I mean <laughs> they've replaced Nuno with someone even more dour in Bruno Large I mean, you know, great respect for the points tally they've got but you look at that Trincao goal that he scored the first goal which was just a brilliant brilliant finish oh. mm. he's got almost nothing out of Trincao this season because how is he going to work with someone like Trincao the offensive players at Wolves have nothing to do and the way they play the endless skullduggery from first minute to last it's, it's tiresome That they are better players than that they're a better team than that I hope the Wolves fans are enjoying it but I am Please, they get paid to watch it. Yeah, neutrals, it's not great. No. But, uh, Did you have a take on which what City should do next season? I think it looks like they're going to do it. Well, we know by, what they're exactly. We by talk, a we talk, yeah. by a striker. That's what, yeah. Yeah. That's what cost them on Wednesday night, I think. But they're still Premier League champions <clears> again. <throat> you know, they're going to win the league as far as I'm concerned. I, you know, Liverpool this weekend, I think that was it, when they got the draw against, against Tottenham. Mm. Um, but it's frustrating because they keep winning the league and then <clears> they're reinvesting. It's great for them. But it's kind of making us a bit bundesliga isn't it? I mean, yeah. when, when we speak to Bundesliga experts, and you're speaking to Andy Brassel later, right, they're always saying, oh, there's loads of other stories in the league. What about Frankfurt doing this? Oh, don't bring up Frankfurt. What about <laughs> RB Leipzig doing this? And you kind of humour it a bit, but really you want a title race. And for 10 years, we've not got one. Hmm. And, and we'll be going on shows around the world soon <clears> saying, oh, no, but there's loads of stories. Uh, what about what about Burnley? It's so interesting. <laughs> and they'll be saying, no, we want a title race, and City have won it 10 years in a row. <laughs> when you win the league, you should be getting hampered next season and I would say no transfers yeah. or less players no goalkeeper let's, let's make it <laughs> like the make draft it system yeah, we should maybe yeah look it does, one yeah. final point on Newcastle yeah. it does show you how much they've got to do 
to yeah. get to that level. Sure. Yeah, I'm sure they'll sort of be vying for top six next year, and I'm sure they'll buy some great players in the summer. But they've still, it's got to be quite a few transfer windows to get to that point. And the yeah. right, you could say the, the same right thing manager. about Manchester United. Oh, you? absolutely, really? you could. I mean, how many? Yeah. How, how long is that going to? That's going to be the painful rebuild for uh, Ten Hag. Is it going to take? It's going to take a while. Do you know what? What he needs to do is look at what Mikko Arteta has done at Arsenal. That's what he needs to do because a few years ago you used to get the Arsenal. Uh, fans in the media well, actually they're all Liverpool fans aren't we um, but the ones we that are, used to be Arsenal are. fans yeah. before they became Liverpool fans <laughs> they would always say things like you know this is Arsenal Football Club he's not good enough for Arsenal Football Club how many times have you heard this year from Man United people well this is Manchester United Football Club we deserve better than this and Arteta's come in and gone actually no we don't actually your big names gone your big wages gone we're going to build a team here mm. and see what we can do and he's got a team with Eddie and Ketio up front in front of a team that have got Harry Kane up front, for example. So that's a great job. He's a really good coach and he's done a really good job. Ten Hag needs to come in and wash away that whole narrative of, well, we're Manchester United. How has this happened to us? And make them, you know, a functional football team. I think if you're not, if your team, West Ham, pip them and they don't have any European football, that will well, be an advantage. Well, they still have conference. They still have conference play. Arsenal have they? had a massive advantage this year. I, yeah. I'd say judge mm. Arteta mm. properly when they got to play twice a week. No, I think you're absolutely right. But I think he mm. built the appropriate squad for the task in hand, which was the 38 Premier League games. Mm-hmm. He wanted maybe 14 or 15 players to achieve that goal, build a team with maybe one or two subs. Um, and he's done it fantastically well. I think he deserves a, a tremendous amount of credit for pretty much getting Arsenal over the line. It's going to be uh, interesting. That's what Ten Hag's got to do. Yeah, and it's going to be interesting on what he, what Enketia does because he finds himself able to walk potentially at the end of the season. Yeah. And when you read those comments from Tony Mowbray at Blackburn saying, "Well, I wanted a bit more support and a bit more backing mm. a little bit earlier on." I mean, they'd like him to stay, but he's thinking, "Am I going to get regular football if I stay now? If I sign a new contract, are they just going to sign another big name next year?" And I find myself back on the bench but he is playing well and he is scoring goals yeah. I've always thought he is a good player I remember at one point they were saying oh, they might put him on the transfer list I think blind me I'd have him he's a really good player the great thing about so many footballers and so many of us in, in society is that when's the deadline Sunday I'll wait till Saturday about 10 to start doing it <laughs> yeah. you know and that's Eddie Nketiah right the contract's running out there's times this season he's come on and wandered around and done nothing he's had no interest in being at Arsenal maybe it's because he wasn't getting in in front of Lacazette um, who simply couldn't score. He, yeah. he couldn't shoot snow off a rope. He was useless for a lot of this season in front of goal and he couldn't get in. Now he's suddenly in and he gets in behind, which Lacazette doesn't do. It works a lot better for Arsenal. But if I were him, I wouldn't be staying there because I think that that race is sort of run. Mm. He's playing for, I think, a move and there's a lot of clubs that could do with someone like Eddie Nketiah. But he would need to be their number one striker. And is Arteta going to give him that role? Can he trust Arteta's going to do that, having not played him all season? I don't think so. I want to see him move on. And I think he is a very good player, as he keeps showing us. But he needs the peril. Sometimes we all need the peril, don't we? Indeed. He might be all right for West Ham, actually. I'm I'm very much pushing that agenda right now. (laughs) I'm sure he would love that London stadium. (laughs) Um, Let's let's touch on Leeds, and as we've talked to Arsenal, we'll have a look at Liverpool Spurs uh, very shortly and and the rest of the games in the Premier League. Um, I mean... Ailing, for goodness sake, oh. he misses the rest of the season. Only he must be, he could be listening now, thinking, "No, you don't have to tell me, lads. I know I was a Burke. I mean, yeah. it was just that <clears> was <throat> the it was the classic moment of madness with so many repercussions potentially. The goalie for the club. wasn't too clever for the first a, a goal. Club oh. he loves, and a club he got out of jail so many times <laughs> over the years. Yeah. He, he does that. To lose Ailing, to lose Dallas last week, yeah. still no Bamford, Phillips doesn't look fit, to have no Cooper. You know, the reason Everton have turned it around recently is the strength of personality of some of those individuals, people like Jordan Pickford, people like Mason Holgate. Mm. You know, talk about limited players, fine, but they have the right character to survive a relegation battle. 
Ailing's got that, and that were, is where that tackle is born from, I think. He's so desperate. He's so desperate to get Leeds back into the game that he went completely over the top in that tackle. It's, it's a clear red. It mm. was a silly thing to do. They still fought on brilliantly. Yeah. They're still better organised, I think, than the other two teams that are down there. I still think they've got more chance of winning against Chelsea, Brighton and Brentford, what is left, than the other teams have got against their opponents. I'd still fancy Leeds to get four points and what's left. Oh, they're definitely going to beat Charity FC on Sunday. <laughs> yes, that's even a question. That's an absolute well, given. I, I thought I'd done two Chelsea digs already. That was enough. No, no, but he's going to do them for you now, yeah. don't worry. He'll they, just keep sliding them in. You can't see Chelsea getting anything. It's no. exactly like the Everton game. They're going to go there. The fans are going to be, you know, right up for yeah. it. They'll be thinking about the final. Don't want to get injured for the final, you know. I, I mean, the, the issue with, with, with Leeds, to go back to them, is that over the last 10 years, the average points tally to stay up has been 34.9, right? So 35 points. They've got 34 points. So they're only a point away traditionally from staying up. So it's yeah. actually, upon reflection, a really good race to stay in the Premier League. Three pretty decent teams compared to what we've had in, mm. in the last decade or so. So they can feel partly hard done by, but mm. partly confident they can pick up enough points. You could need 38. You're going to need 38 to stay in the Premier League, which is unheard of in the last decade. And so you've got to look at wins. You've got to look at which teams can win games, which teams have had a little burst of energy, which was Burnley. Which teams... Brentford away on the last day of the season won't be easy for Leeds. I'd say going to Brentford is one of the toughest places yeah. to go in the country mm. at this moment in time. But I'd still fancy Leeds needing to win with that manager, with the players that are left, to make it just about. But I think the attitude against Arsenal was great. So who goes in? You think Burnley? I'd still go. say Burnley. I would right. still say Burnley because I think they've had their little splurge of energy a touch too soon yeah. and they were awful against Villa at the weekend and they play them again. Is it the next game or the game after? Because they hadn't played them all season. Yeah, Thursday so, week, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, they were really poor in that game. Villa, Villa played all right, aren't they? They're, they're so we, inconsistent. We're going to come back to that. We're going to look at the rest mm. of the games. Tom Rennie's with us. Uh, so we'll look at the rest of the games in the Premier League uh, this weekend. All the fallout mm. from them. And Andy will be telling us what some of the clubs need to do next season as he made his notes over the weekend. Possibly during that Chelsea game. I don't <laughs> no, 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 I didn't. I was committed to watching. <laughs> the Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. We're looking back over the Premier League weekend in the company of uh, broadcaster, commentator and journalist Tom Rennie. Uh, we haven't really talked about uh, Liverpool Spurs. Um, I thought Spurs put in a great shift. I know Jürgen Klinsmann... Uh, Jürgen, Jürgen Klinsmann. Yes, what, Jürgen what Klopp, did Klinsmann think of no, him? He, I, he, probably, he was probably quite happy. Jürgen Klopp doesn't. Uh, <coughs> I think slightly smart at some of the comments. Uh, I mean, it might not be his cup of tea, but... Mm. I think generally the this Liverpool fans of my acquaintance thought Tottenham did well. This thing about Jurgen Klopp, I'm sure he's a lovely man off the field, but this idea that they all think he's so lovely. He's never so lovely when Liverpool don't get the result. He's like all of them, you know. Yeah. Yeah. There's never been the a same. good loser in football no. in the history of the entire thing. There's no. never been a good loser in sport. That's not what it's for. You can be a gracious loser, um, but I don't think anyone at the certain top level of the Premier League is. Klopp mm. and Guardiola are terrible losers, and they're terrible drawers, it would seem. It was yeah. a top well. performance by Spurs. I mean, it was. They were know. fantastic. Yeah. I mean, I did the Man City game earlier in the season. I was doing this game for, for our international team at the weekend as well, and the game plan was fantastic if a draw was a good result. I would question whether it was. Yeah. And, you know, they managed it fantastically well. The defence for weeks has looked great. I think the fact that Chelsea didn't win made it a good result. Potentially. Yeah. But I think you're looking at, you know, Ben Davies, I think, has been brilliant since he moved left centre-half. Mm. Romero, if he stops booting mm. people, 
yeah. will be a brilliant defender, <laughs> but he's going to get himself into trouble in a big game at some point, and Dyer's great in that role. You've got the front three, you know, Kulisevsky back in for this one. They're great on the break, like fantastic on the break. Add a couple of wing-backs and an all-action midfielder. Spurs could be in real business next if season. If they could mm. cherry-pick Basuma and Kukure, I think they'd yeah. challenge next season. Great shout. That's yeah. a really great shout. But it, was, it was weird with Liverpool, wasn't it? Because, you know, apart from the fact that Tottenham did put in a shift, Tottenham had the better chance. They could have won it at the yeah, end of and even left it for Bergwijn. Should um, he not have just headed that in, though? I know, I mean, of I, course. I, I mean, I just... I can see why he's trying to set up Harry Kane, but he does that so badly. It's like, just that was not, about five it's foot just behind Instinctively, him. it's not the sort of thing yeah, a, a sort of sitting midfield yeah. field player you know, does. That, Had it been Bergwijn, yeah. I think he, he would have worked the but keeper. You know, you know those moments in, in games where... And I don't care who wins this game, you know, but you're well into it, you're doing the commentary of it, and you know when you're just ready. Surely you wanted Liverpool happening. to win. That's what uh, well, we all do, of course. Subconsciously, I did, of course. But I was doing the game with Kevin Watson, former Spurs midfielder. We're both almost up off our chairs thinking, it's going in, he's going to do it. Massive moment in the season, Thursday is going to be huge and then the decision making there is I still don't get it I still yeah. don't get I know I understand it but score just yeah. score oh, it's, no. a big, it's a big test of Daniel Levy this because it's a great opportunity for Spurs now they've already blown one great opportunity yeah. to yeah. do something now they've got another top top manager and they'll they'll be top four next year I think whatever if yeah. he stays but they won't challenge unless they back him it's I, as I, would, as that. I would agree. I would agree. But I would also say that if they don't make the Champions mm. League, and I don't think they will at this point because I think they had to win. I understand why they didn't go for it. And he, he hopes that Arsenal might fall down against them and against Newcastle, and that's feasible. But I, I do sort of think that they had to win their game. Without that, they go into the Europa League. Antonio Conte doesn't care about the Europa League. He's not going to be interested next year about that. There's no money to be made. So the Europa League is not the worst thing for Tottenham if the push is to win the Premier League title. And I think, I genuinely think there are seven players there with this manager. If they can stay fit for a 38-game run, you had the two players you mentioned, great shouts, but certainly the yeah. positions, left wing back, right wing back, all action midfielder. You add them to that Tottenham team. Very tough to beat. We'll score a lot of goals. You've got two world-class players in the, in the front Andy three. Throw in as well. Just, yeah, just take all of really them. Really yeah. well, really the I, I just think they're not up. far off. They're not far <laughs> off. If you can convince Conte <laughs> to stay. Maybe mm. we should talk about Brighton because all the talk has been of United being abject, which they were. Yeah. Some of their pl- mm. own players said that. But Brighton, again, another fantastic performance yeah, by them. Um, I mean, we know that. You talk about three players there. Brighton tend to sell one player. Looks like it's going to yeah. be Basuma this time. They've effectively bought his replacement anyway yeah so that's probably going to be the one that goes but I think Potter is a great coach I mean you kind of you know I think in six seven years he'll be a he'll be a with they a haven't top been great team. at home and they have drawn a lot of games yes if we, I mean, if we do the that goals thing at home just not scoring we've goals we've got to do that home. thing that Arsenal used to do which was yeah but we are like year champions mm. yeah we've won the calendar year title <laughs> but of course we don't play the season like that if you took the first three months of this season and the last two months of it Brighton have been amazing mm. it's just that whole diabolical middle bit yeah, which has cost form, them their away form has been very good but they're just they're a really good football team and, and all their games against the big teams as well if we're still talking about Man United in those in those terms <clears throat> they keep the ball they, they, they'll go to Man City and pass the ball there's not a moment of panic in, mm. in Brighton which is all down to Graham Potter and his coaching staff and their training methods and the incredible confidence they have on the ball if they if they bought Strike Erling Haaland Strike, yeah. <laughs> if they bought Erling Haaland they'd have scored 70 goals this year they create chance after chance after chance and there was that great line a couple of weeks ago where Potter said to his fans stop screaming shoot yeah. If you stop screaming, shoot, we might actually hit one on target. 
Um, so that they're just a goal scorer away from being a really good team. Defence is good, brilliant organisation, mm. great business model. I think that they, they'll probably still sell Kukurea for £30, £40 million pounds mm. as soon as they've brought the replacement in. And Weppo is the Basuma replacement, as you mentioned. Yeah. They're always doing it. It's a brilliantly run club, got a fantastic coach. But if they want to really make a mark in this league, they keep the players they've got, they get a bit bullish for a couple of summers, mm. and they add a proper centre forward. Do that, and they could be in real business. Um, let's have a look at Palace that. Watford uh, mainly from a Watford point of view Roy says he leaves with his head held high him and uh, Ray Lewington do you do think they? anybody well do you think anybody could have done it anything more than that considering the situation I, I mean I have a lot of respect for Roy I spoke to him in the mm. summer where we said uh, on our Sirius XM show are you going to go back and he was like oh no I don't think I will I don't know and then of course he was going to go back in he was always going to go back in and he says he's going to retire this time um, and I wouldn't be surprised if he had another job in a year's time because he just loves to work I think he did a poor job you know I've got so much respect for Roy and what he's done in his career but he brought nothing to Watford mm. absolutely nothing his relationship with Watford fans is very poor um, he came across as, as quite detached, quite arrogant. <clears throat> he was quite disrespectful in some post-match press conferences to Watford supporters, I think, and to Watford as a football club. I think he shouldn't have come back in. It was a monstrous mistake for him to do it. But you add that to the fact that Pozzos are terrible owners. You know, I'm sorry, they're terrible owners. The way they go about all this with uh, the multiple sackings of three managers per season. Yeah. You know, you think about Watford. I always think about Watford. You know, what Graham Taylor built at Watford and what they were as a club. And what do they have now? Do they have loyalty? Do they have a game plan, a style of play? What are Watford at this point under the Pozzos? Mm. They're a complete mess and they keep coming back up again because the way parachute payments are given out are a nonsense. They will be the Man City of the Championship next year because of their massive budget compared to everybody else. And they'll come back again and then we'll get Fulham back again mm. and then we'll get them back again. You know, if that didn't happen, mm. Watford might have to consider how they run that club. Some, you know, Sean Dyche is available. I know that it was a terrible time for him 15 years ago, whatever yeah. it was, but get someone like that in, a proper manager, give them three years, build a club, build a style of play and don't buy a bunch of players like Kamara and Kayembe and Samir. Have a plan for who these players are. Mm. It's almost like they just they're throw lose, it into the ocean and see they Sarah, get. I would have thought, uh, I'm not even sure that's a big problem. No, but he's good. I the think, Watford yeah, fans love Ismail Assar, but he was a £40 million signing. Who's paying £40 million no, for no, him no, now? No, they yeah. won't get that. So but... they might have to try and keep him to eventually fatten him up to sell, but Ismail Assar's done nothing all season long. I know some Watford fans love him for his championship um, form, but he's done nothing in the Premier League. He's not worth the money they paid. I'm not sure anyone there is worth selling. The most important thing now is the Pozzos give the club to somebody to run, probably not Scott Duxbury, who's not mm. done a great job as CEO of Watford, and let somebody come in and try and run that club properly, because I think they're a complete shambles. Alice, on the other hand, a great season yeah. for them, and Vieira is the one, though, isn't it? They've got to keep him, because the other clubs will be looking at him and thinking he's done When he's really got good, good young job. players to work with, he doesn't show any signs at the moment he's going to move on. You no, think, no, I'm not yeah. saying he is, no. but, you know, eventually he will. They're going to back him, but he's got some great players, hasn't he? He's got some brilliant offensive players, and if you could get a team working, if you could find a way to play... Elise, Eze, Zahar mm. in the same team. I know there's others, Edouard and Benteke, whatever, yeah. but those are the three. I think yeah. they're all such magical players. If you could basically get seven defenders and those three they're in the team... They're going to have to replace Gallagher, though. That will take a bit. Yes, it's, huge. it's mm. a huge loss, but there's a lot of positives in, in Crystal Palace, is what I'm saying. Offensively, so exciting. Um, and if they do get back properly in the summer, I, I would like to see... 
uh, as well as a Gallagher replacement, a centre forward that isn't as misfiring as the the three they have, yeah. Mateta, Benteke, and, and Edouard. Get a centre forward who can maybe hold up, and maybe a Giroud type who gets them involved as opposed to trying to score themselves. Maybe rejig Benteke to what he was three years ago when he wasn't scoring at all. Mm. You know, there's something good about Crystal Palace. They've been great this season, both defensively and offensively. But actually, it's only about I think three or four points. More than last season, so they haven't converted better football into more points on the yeah. board, really. Do that, they could be in business. Quick one on Brentford. Do you see them having a second season syndrome problem? Or all do you about see Ericsson. establishing all themselves? About Eric- as if a you look at Brentford side. before Ericsson came yeah. in, they were on such a poor run. A yeah. run. You'd have definitely yeah. said they're going down. He's completely changed the whole team, the way he plays it, the way he brings he's made everybody yeah. better there and if they can keep him they'll have a good second season I agree completely on, on Ericsson's impact but I would also say if you go back to December when we were doing Brentford games and they had 13-14 players out the goalkeeper the entire defence the strikers were missing they actually nearly went down this season because they had no one to field come January yeah. right this is why when I hear people like Guardiola moaning about a couple of players missing you know I, I just can't listen to it because yeah, of goal, what Brentford the goalkeeper was a big miss when that Alvaro out. Fernandez, mm. God bless him he tried his best but David Rare is so good yeah, he, he, was, he was irreplaceable but mm. they had so many players out so I think the team is good the forwards are good the defence is good and Eriksson makes them a better team I don't think Christian Eriksson will stay in truth I think there's a lot of teams that would want uh, someone of that quality Ivan Tonian will be a target for clubs yeah, but with the contract he's got it's a £50 million bid yeah. who's going to spend £50 million on him I don't know I've seen know. one more year there don't you yeah maybe I think yeah. I think if you could get him for a, you know if he had one year left on his contract and he was £15 million everybody yeah. would want him hmm. but I think his value to Brentford is so massive and his contract at the moment I think he's got three years left on his current deal I think there's enough there to be say actually yeah. we'll, we'll keep him for this yeah, year probably, I don't see a second so. season syndrome as yet but additions are needed of course Tom fantastic lovely to see you you didn't want to do West Ham Norwich oh yeah, yeah West Ham you didn't want to do the Amers we never got round to it. We were out of time. Oh, it's a shame. Safe to say, I thought Norwich would just knock it about a bit because the pressure was off. They didn't. You're very much in the box seat for Europa League, aren't <laughs> yes. you, at West Ham? Yes, Norwich are still here. You don't want to do Norwich. I can't believe it. <laughs> I thought that was going to be the big one we did. So this that classic thing is where we talked about it off air and I'd forgotten we talked about it off yes. air. I thought we talked about it on air. But anyway. because um, I went to home base instead. You That's went to home base. Instead of watching the game. I gave, gave my ticket up. You That's gave why. up your ticket. Yeah, I've suffered enough. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. Uh, just to let you know, um, oh yeah, Ben has been in the Huddersfield fan Andy's uh, little uh, five year old grandson loves to celebrate the goals he celebrated the Chelsea goals but he, he also as a young lad celebrated Connor Cody's equaliser <laughs> sometimes you do some inappropriate celebrating uh, Ben Huddersfield fan in Aberdeen says on the way home from Wembley after beating Sheffield United in the playoff uh, on the supporters coach we were passing each other their coach and our coach and the usual friendly hands gestures were exchanged each of these my dad decided to join in on one of these exchanges which turned out to be a bus full of kids with no association to Sheffield United at all. So yes, tell us uh, those inappropriate celebrations and the like. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. Yeah, you mentioned Tony Mowbray earlier and there's yeah. an interesting story today that he sent an email to the Venkis about uh, what's needed to be done next mm. season even if he's not there and all that and uh, they didn't reply. I don't know if they chickened out. Hey! hey thank you very much. It's that thing, isn't it, of, of feeling like you should have backed me when you had the chance, and now they're saying, oh, can they twist his arm and get him to stay? Mm. Um, he, he doesn't want to know. You can understand yeah, they that to an slight, slightly blown it, haven't they, really? Yeah, mm. they sort of drifted away, didn't they? But uh, I'm sure he'll be back. Um, we asked about inappropriate celebrations. I was watching my daughter in her first ever football tournament on Saturday when the news came in that my team, Forest Green, had won the title. Unfortunately, it was just as her team conceded a goal. Oh. <laughs> so I got some dodgy looks from the 
other parents as I celebrated is an understatement. So you can keep keep that. It was pretty dramatic, wasn't it? Everything that was going on in uh, League Two at the weekend with Bristol Rovers and that was amazing. Wasn't mad, it? What a mad. it does mean Northampton versus Mansfield. Oh, the infamous yes. fixture <laughs> will be a playoff game. So the Beaky I think, Derby. I think as they we may be. It. They are calling it the Beaky Derby. <laughs> so we will be catching up with uh, with Beaky. I'm sure. No, I think we should find you that clip we're talking about. You may never have heard it. I'll be surprised. Have you been living in a cave? <laughs> never. Heard but we it. will. We will find that. We'll we play that. It out. We'll play that to you uh, <laughs> just before. Uh, yeah, we head to the travel. Anything else? Andy? Yeah, this was an odd one. Uh, oh. I don't know if your name's Gary. Not you. Your name's not no, Gary. No, it's not. It's not. I can verify it. Is yeah, it? Snake a snake? Snake Snack maker. <laughs> snake maker. That would be very good. <laughs> Brew City. Are seeking a thirty thousand a year cheese taster, but he must be called Gary right. to tie in with ad plans. I didn't think you were like sort of able to specify things like that when you advertise a job. You know, really? I mean, there might be somebody that's really qualified and might say, "Well, I'm not called Gary, but I'm you know I'm a very good cheese maker." <laughs> <laughs> Cheese taster, I'm a very good cheese taster. I'm a very good cheese taker, but my name's Chris. Well, you're no good to us then, are you? Is my middle? What have your middle names, Gary? Will they allow that? I have no idea. Can't they just say your name's Gary? I mean, who's going to know? They might ask for a birth. I can't believe we're going down this route. They might ask for a birth. I thought Gary Johnson. If it doesn't work out at Torquay, I don't think I want to let him go. They won't. They won on the weekend, of course. Yes, the BBC had to spend. Fifty million pound on researching what viewers are watching. I'm mean, talking about a waste of money. I'll mm. tell you now. I can save you the money. It's TikTok, YouTube, and Netflix. Next, <laughs> just send me a check. Can I just look through a lot of windows? Send someone out just to cover their eyes it's and just ridiculous. look through some people's window to find out what they're uh, what they're watching. Bonkers. Um, we're going to talk cricket a little bit later mm. on. They're, you see, the cricket uh, in the World Cup. They're pushing hard for it. Yeah, it's the sort of T20, isn't it? That yeah. sort of idea. Isn't it because... Who's the bloke that's around? Thomas Back from the IOC. Yeah, I think he likes cricket. Well, he play, He put some pads on and played briefly in a women's match in Fiji. Did he? I mean, is that allowed? No, it's not. Yeah. Is his name Gary? <laughs> I mean, it could only be called Gary. Yeah. If you ever got a job just because of your name, <laughs> do tell us. Whether, when, yeah. What was the name important in a, getting a job or not getting a job? Whether you're called Gary or not, do let us know if it had any bearing on the thing at all. Um, I'm sure if point- your name was Ronald McDonald and you went to McDonald's, I'm sure they'd be more keen to take you than if it was something if you were, you know, equal candidate. Really? I think you're taking the mickey, wouldn't you? You go along <laughs> no, for the interview, yeah, you'd be working here, you'd be predominantly making milkshakes. What's your name? Ronald McDonald. <laughs> well, I think you're going to want more money, I don't know. Inappropriate celebrations. Uh, some I under fives mm. on a Saturday morning will count the own goals they often score as a point for them. <laughs> That's nice. Well, that, I mean, it does make for a good giggle. But under fives, though, it's great. It's always great. The heat map of an under five <laughs> game when they first start playing oh, yeah, yeah. it's just it just constantly moves in a massive patch doesn't it, it from he one is, side of the pitch to the other he him in N'Golo Kante he doesn't stop like the whole game what's that your uh, your grandson, grandson yeah. does he really when he plays he, he just keeps he following for about, the ball and this is typical kids yeah. I think he had about a one and a half to two hour session in the morning mm. 
football Sunday morning. Then he came back and then he played football for about another hour. Yeah. Well, I suppose that's normal, isn't we used it? used to do that all the time as yeah. kids, didn't we? Playing the morning for a team and then and playing now, the afternoon yeah, in the true. park. It's very true. Those um, were the days. Anyway, oh, Andy, yes. we're going to bring you that okay. clip. It is uh, Mansfield-Northampton in the uh, in the playoff game. Um, so th- this is... We will chat to Beaky about it when the, on the day the game's played. But uh, anyway, uh, let's first... Um, it'll have to be the second leg, won't it? Anyway, let's let's bring you this infamous <laughs> clip. Okay, Mansfield one, Northampton nil in that uh, other player. Sorry, Mansfield nil, Northampton one. Mansfield nil, Northampton one. Uh, Day getting the goal after forty minutes play. Uh, Northampton nil, Mansfield one. I beg your pardon. Let me get it right. Northampton nil, Mansfield one in uh, that other playoff semi-final which is going on today. That's the Division Three playoff semi-final. So it's Mansfield nil, uh, Northampton. Sorry, it's Ma- Northampton nil, Mansfield one. Let me get it absolutely right in that other playoff uh, semi-final, which is going on today. So that was also a playoff semi-final. Makes it even better. I know it's it? good. <clears throat> anyway, yeah, we'll we'll have a chat with Beaky about that infamous moment around the game. The first league is on a Saturday, but we will catch up with him at some stage. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. You mentioned earlier on, Andy, didn't you? That. Uh, uh, there's a company who are looking for a cheese taster, but you've got to be called Gary. That's and you it. You wonder yeah. if that was there was you know prejudicial really, whether you're allowed to pick somebody purely mm. on their name. Uh, my company says this has come from Jason in Paul. My company employed a lad just uh, on his name. Uh, I work for a, a company, and the lad's name. Oh, okay, a cooling company, mm. and the lad's name is Jay Cooling. <laughs> Yeah, and he's turned out to be a great addition to the company. <laughs> That's good. I mean, yeah, he obviously had to do the job. Yeah. Now, uh, <laughs> you can give us more of those if you like, uh, getting the gig because of your name. Talksport.com forward slash agent J, text to 81089 or tweet to TSHJ, or maybe not getting it because of your name by the same token. Now, Andy, do you like a game of crazy golf? I love crazy golf. It's great, Who isn't it? How yeah. often do you play crazy golf? Not that often. I played a couple of times, a year, once a year, two. Yeah, maybe. I played. I think I played a couple last year. So okay, so maybe once a year. It's a once a year thing for most people. Yeah, most people. Yeah, but not for everybody, including our next guest, uh, Richard Gottfried, has uh, travelled the world. Um, mm. playing crazy golf. He's got rather good at it, as you can imagine. He's, he's committed £50,000 of his own money playing the crazy golf courses of the world. So he's, he's tilting at windmills, literally. <laughs> beautifully put. Thank you. Uh, good afternoon, Richard. Hello, hello. Hello from a hot and sunny Great Yarmouth. Oh, oh one, of the, one of the homes of, uh, of uh, crazy golf. Is that a favourite course of yours there in Great Yarmouth? Course is. Uh, oh. Multiple courses here. Yeah. A bit of a, a mini golf capital. It's uh, yeah. I've been to five today already, so I'm having a nice sit down now. Crazy is yeah. a nicer thing to call it. Mini. Is there a difference between the crazy and the mini? The mini doesn't have to be crazy, but uh, you know, but it helps, as they say. Yeah, mini mini <laughs> courses tend to be a catch-all term for uh, for all types, whether it's crazy golf or adventure golf, whether it's got a windmill on it or a pirate ship. But uh, mini can also be putting. Played a nice. Putting course in Galston on Sea this morning, so that was uh, oh. very pleasant up on the cliffs there. I, I once went to a place called Myrtle Beach in South Carolina, which and that's the most kind of amounts of crazy mini golf courses I've seen in a very, very small space. You ever had the chance to play there? Haven't been to Myrtle Beach, it is on the uh, it is on my wife and I, it's on our bucket list to, to go there. Uh, but I am currently sat in, in between three courses and i can see down the prom another course as well so gray yarmouth is kind of a uk equivalent uh, to myrtle right. beach 
Amazing. Now, I was going to ask you about hole-in-ones or holes-in-one, and uh, that's really what got you going, isn't it, on, on your lifelong uh, love of this sport? I, th- I think, yeah, I think my life would be very different if I hadn't fired the cannon after the, the first round I had um, down in, uh, in South Sea on the Treasure Island course. Uh, yeah, hit the ball, got a free ticket, went back the next day, came home, looked up how many courses were in the UK, because we wanted to visit a few more, Saw there were 600, and that was back in 2006. And uh, thought, oh, we'll, we'll try and visit 100 of them. And then 983 later, we're still rolling. <laughs> have you have, you won a big tournament in Vegas, didn't you? I mean, you've, you've had some success uh, playing the game. I've, I've won a few trophies and medals. Uh, yeah, my wife's won a few. I've won a, uh, won a well, no, I was runner-up in a pro-am in, uh, in Hemsby on the mm. Lost World Golf uh, a few years ago. Um, but yeah, won a... Won a few national tournaments on the, the British tour as well. And, yeah, just enjoy playing in, in all open tournaments, really, yeah. There is a, there's a thriving scene yeah. for, for mini-golf tournaments. So what's, I mean, you know, putting's putting and all that, and I know the surface is different, um, but what, how do the pros do when they... when they oh, excuse Bless me. you, Andy. Mm. Uh, what are the pro, how do they do when they play the game? Is it a great leveller because you're you're very good at, at mini-crazy golf and maybe they're used to sort of beautiful greens? Yeah, well, the proof is in the putting, um, as they say. It is, uh, you know, I'm no good at big golf, regular golf, as we yeah. call it, because oh. I'm no good at driving off the tee. Um, you know, I can, I'm okay at a bit of pitch and putt, but, but, um, but when, well, yeah, get me on a putting green against a, a golf professional, and I'll, uh, I'll hope to win. Um, but yeah, oh. I mean. Because it's a different game, really, because you're playing a lot of banking shots and angles. You're playing around windmills or through tunnels and pipes. So you're, you do still have to read the green, but you're, you're not necessarily um, just playing on a, on a sort of flat, round green. There's, there's other obstacles in the way. Do you, do you have a favourite hole or the, your, your favourite course that you've played, but a specific type of hole as well? Um, I like Arnold Palmer putting courses. So they were designed by the great man himself back mm. in the 1960s. And there's still a few of those um, around. Um, I do like, I like courses that really sort of take you out at the moment. So, you know, you, you might be walking along and uh, the, on the prom on a seaside and you sort of step onto a course and it just helps you forget all of your daily troubles and, and everything. And so, like, the Lost World Adventure Golf in Hemsby is, is one like that because it's a thriving, bustling seaside road, traditional British seaside, but then you step onto the course and it's like a, like a, an Indiana Jones adventure. It's, uh, you know, there's a, a snake pit, an Aztec temple, skulls on spikes. It's just, uh, you, you wouldn't think you're surrounded by holiday camps and amusement arcades. It just takes you out of the moment. So that's great fun. And what do you make of the new high-tech uh, sort of crazy golf courses, things like the, I went along a putt check. It was a great, I really enjoyed the night. It was a lot of fun. I mean, have you, have you been to some of these uh, indoor ones as well that are popping up around the country? Yeah, yeah. So we've been, uh, we've been to a few, not for the last couple of years, we've been, you know, sort of tucked away but ready and raring to get out to sort of 60 70 80 courses a year again as we used to do before the pandemic but but yeah since um since sort of 2019 2020 you know there's so many there's hundreds more courses that pops up and and as you say some of the ones with, with uh, more courses with apps now so you're not necessarily scoring with a pencil and a scorecard mm. Um, and yeah, the, some of the high tech courses have got some nice bells and whistles. Um, I like a tradition. I, I like a mixture. You know, yeah. this country is full to the brim of of any type of crazy golf you want to play. It's it's there for you to to have a go at.
And who's the current world champion? Where's Where's he hail from, or she? Uh, the UK. Oh, oh, the world champion. Yeah, it's a, it's chap called uh, chap called Mark uh, Mark Chapman. Um, oh. He's a world champion that lives down in Kent. Have you beaten him in the past? Uh, yeah, not the world championships. No, I think clearly. when I was playing the world championships, I was perennial seventeenth place oh, no. on the finalist, but seventeenth place in the world. That's not bad. Not bad is it? I'd, I'd take that. Most things, but, he, but he's never won in Las Vegas. I have, and uh, he's not. He's not sat here in Great Yarmouth, ready to have another game this evening. So, no. so fifty grand well spent. You'd say sorry, fifty grand well spent on on traveling the world. You and the missus. 50 grand and counting. Yeah, I mean, we're so glad that we spent it and, you know, the last, you know, 15 years before the pandemic, traveling around, getting out as much as possible because we had some great memories uh, and, you know, places we've been to, people we've met and, you know, friends we've friends we've made as well. And it's just fantastic getting back out to courses now and seeing what's changed because a lot of the courses have been sort of refurbished and new additions. So it's kind of like starting all over again. So another £100,000 to spend over the next 15 years. Brilliant. And finally, do you have your own putter? Do you yeah, that's really? a good question, that. Because yeah. they you get you get a bit fairly shonky putter at you most do. of these places. <laughs> and a, I mean, do you insist on your own putter and ball? I do. Well, if I'm playing in a tournament, yes. Mm. But um, if I if I turn up at a course, I, you know, take each course as it comes. So if the ball's oval and the and the putter's got a, a bend in it, then that's fine. Um, I'll, I'll play with that. And it's just, it's all part of the fun. It's all, it just adds an extra dimension to it, doesn't it? Good stuff. Well, good to talk to you. Yeah, keep keep doing what you're doing. Thank you, Richard. Maybe you can get the 16th in the world next time out. That'll be, get yourself moved off the dreaded 17th. But good to talk to you. Top stuff. Thanks very much. There we are, sir. Richard Gottfried. There's £50,000 he's invested on becoming a fine, crazy golf player. It's better than this story opposite that story in the yes. Sunday day, mm. uh, of spending £50,000 on a night uh, during the Queen's pre- pre- Platinum Jubilee. Oh, yeah. This is a hotel, and you can stay have 50 grand to stay for a night, and you get caviar sandwiches in gold leaf. Who would even want that? <laughs> Nice caviar sandwich with a bigger gold leaf on it. They're showing a kind of montage sky at the moment of uh, Erling Hall and goals. He's terrible, isn't he? He is garbage, isn't he? um, It's the range of goals. I thought that when I first saw him play for RB Salzburg a couple of years ago in the Champions League. I mean, I mean, got, they, they won five or six nil. It was like the first round. But if they don't win the Champions League yeah. with him, then a really pet needs to go. Yeah. Okay, okay <laughs> fair enough. Oh, three, seven, one, seven. But you know, he's, he'll he'll come from deep, run at players. He'll get on the end of stuff. He'll yeah. attack the space. I can't imagine headers, he's, shots. Going to be anything but massively no, successful. No, I, I'd be very, very surprised. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast from Talksport. time for the clips of the month for april we're going to bring you six of the best from april and ask you to go to uh, twitter at tsh and j tsh a n d j the two semi-finals will be up very shortly and uh, you can vote for your favorite in those two semi-finals we'll have a final and we'll play the winner just before four when we hand over to Andy Goldstein and Darren Ambrose would drive. But, uh, Andy, would you care to kick us off? I'd love to. And we kick off with a little too much information from Stuart Pearce. We won't find out who's seeded until Thursday for him to So much excitement with it. I love... I, I'm almost got a fetish about draws. <laughs> Dirty boy. <laughs> <laughs> Not what I meant, of course he meant. 
Uh, football draws. Um, <laughs> now, Fisherman's Blues now, and host Nigel Botherway, unsurprisingly, went fishing uh, earlier last month. So, Nigel, what did you catch? Drinks, cans, glass bottles, dog poo, several bikes, a traffic cone, a trolley, and various other items. No fish. No fish. Unfortunately, it can happen like that. It, it, it can <laughs> yeah. happen, but yeah, there's always another day. That's very true. Now, uh, Bob Bubka was White and Jordan's guest during the Masters, and Simon weighed in on Tiger Woods. I think that it's incredible that he's come back from an element of self-inflicted harm that he's made of his own life. On the golf course, he's an outstanding golf player, but I think that time has been and gone now. I think he's a sideshow. Bob? Sideshow <laughs> Bob? <laughs> <laughs> it's, like yes, show Bob. it's all in the timing bit. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, well, yes, this is Talk Sports cricket commentator Michael Atherton. Uh, Michael Atherton. <laughs> Michael, Michael, how soon forgotten? Michael Atherton. Uh, <laughs> Seemingly making a quick... Ethel Michelson. <laughs> Mrs. Ethel Michelson. Uh, yes, uh, Michael Atherton. Uh, seemingly making a quick getaway on his motorbike. I'm about to, to make way for Samuel Badry, I think, who is busily making notes. And Butch uh, is on the horizon as well. So I'll leave it to you, Manners, and catch you later. Thank you very much indeed to uh, Michael Atherton. <laughs> Timing will spin. <laughs> yeah, this is a caller to Jason Cundy now on the sports bar. Got loads of West Ham fans here. Let's go and speak to West Ham fan. Says here doesn't want to be named. Is that have I read that correctly? It says here West Ham <laughs> fan doesn't want to be named. Who are we talking to? I'm John. <laughs> ah, hope John's never in the witness protection program. <laughs> oh, yeah. oh well. And finally, Andy, what is it? It's Nigel Adderley at Villa Park. Forward towards Watkins and back towards McGinn. And now Cash finding McGinn again. Yeah, McGinn again. Well, you can probably guess uh, what came next. And yeah, we know it's childish, but here it is anyway. There was an old man named Michael Finnegan. He had whiskers on his chin again. They fell out and then grew in again. Poor old Michael Finnegan. Again, again. <laughs> so, uh, what's your favourite clip for it's April? Dark. Is it uh, Stuart Pearce's Draws Fetish? Uh, is it uh, Fisherman's Blues' Nigel Botherway catching shopping trolleys and dog poo? Is it uh, Bob Bubka and Sideshow Bob? Uh, is it Michael Atherton on his motorbike? Is it Jason Cundy and John, the, the nameless caller? Or is it Nigel Adley at Villa Park and Michael Finnegan? So, which one do you prefer? You, you get a chance to uh, vote and hear your favourite just before four o'clock. And it will be crowned the clip of the month for April at TSHNJ. T-S-H-A-N-D-J. Go there on Twitter. The two semi-finals, I'll take it, are up now. So you can go along and vote. Um, in around 15 minutes' time, we'll bring it to the final. We'll have a quick final and say the winner will be played just before 4 o'clock. We're going to talk a bit of cricket next. Bring back Alistair Cooks as a former uh, Kent player. We'll be chatting to him, um, talking uh, Ben Stokes, Rob Key and more in a few moments' time. Michael Finnegan, he grew fat and then grew thin again Went on diets and couldn't get skin again Poor old Michael Finnegan McGinn again The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast some of the weird and wonderful ways you've got jobs. Lord George has been in touch. He's not quite name-based, but after a four-hour interview, I got a job, but found out a week later I'd got it because I was a Pisces. <laughs> Strange, right? 
Keep those coming. Talksport.com forward slash 18J. Text to 81089. Tweet to TS18J. You are voting in your droves for uh, your uh, April clip of the month. So go and do that at TSH&J. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. Time to bring you the winner of the clips of the month. Thanks to everybody who voted. 63% of the vote uh, went to uh, Mike Latherton during our cricket commentary. Um, uh, getting on his motorbike by the sound of it. I'm about to, to make way for Samuel Badri, I think, who is busily making notes. And Butch uh, is on the horizon as well. So I'll leave it to you, Manners. I'll catch you later. Thank you very much indeed to uh, Michael Atherton. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, thanks for everybody who voted this. Uh, the Clips of the Week will return on Friday. That is us. You've been listening to the Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. Hear the guys every weekday between 1 and 4 p.m. on TalkSport. Want flexibility? Take yoga. Want flexibility with your health insurance? Check out United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget friendly medical, dental, and vision coverage that may be right for you. More at uh1.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15 stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rose, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.